This is Shack Talk, presented by Eskimo Ice Fishing Gear and hosted by Kyle Agri and Anthony Kleinwachter. Turn up your speakers, grab your gear, and hit the ice with us as we talk ice fishing. Come on in and grab a bucket. We are talking ice fishing. Kyle Agri, Anthony Kleinwachter, we are your hosts, and this is Shack Talk Ice Fishing Podcast. And it's, uh, it's great to be back here. It's uh, been a couple of weeks since we did our, our recording from the Fargo Ice Fishing Show. And i um, very excited to welcome Richard Yvonne of Twin Maple Outdoors. I wouldn't necessarily call him a neighbor. He's coming to us from the state of Maine on the East Coast. And uh, I am excited. We're going we're gonna to learn all about what ice fishing is like in that part of the country. Richard, great to have you on Shack Talk. Hey, thank you very much, Kyle. I appreciate it, and I'm, I'm really honored to be here. Did you have a good holidays? I know this uh, podcast is going to come out after the holidays. Does everything go well for you out, uh, out in Maine? Oh, yeah. We had, uh, well, we had the seasonable weather, and uh, it's, it's always an adventure in Maine because you never know what to expect. But, um, yeah, our, we had a white Christmas um you know it, it was great uh, so i'm really looking forward to a great ice fishing season uh, we have some good cold weather coming in here and um it's going to be exciting you know before we before we kicked off the the recording here today we uh we were just talking a little bit off the air here waiting for anthony to come on and richard you were talking a little bit about the timing of the ice season there in the the northeast part of the united states and here in in the Dakotas and Minnesota, we've been um, we've had people walking out on the ice for for three four weeks now. Um, not wow. that there's been safe ice everywhere during that time. Uh, obviously, you know safety no matter where you're at is important. But uh, but we've had ice for a little bit. It might have been a little bit earlier this year, but it's not uncommon for us this time of the year to have uh, have quite a bit of ice and. And that's not necessarily the same timing where you're at. Share a little bit about what uh, kind of what a typical ice season looks like in that part of the world. Sure. Um, so, all right. So Maine's a, a rather large state, um, but depending on what type of water you're talking about, whether it be something like a, a pond or a lake with springs in it, uh, those folks, even if it's located south of us, can get on the ice much quicker than we can up north. So up north, uh, Maine is filled with glacial lakes, which means that they're they're spring-fed. Uh, they're very cold. They're great uh, cold-water fishery. Um, but when you have a spring coming up, you know what that does to the ice and makes it very unpredictable. Uh, we do, unfortunately, you know, we do have a few accidents every year. With the latest technology, especially with our Eskimo gear, uh, you know, we, we have that degree of uh, floatability and uh, makes it much more safe. But um, so January, the end of January is our kickoff to our ice fishing season here in Maine. Um, depending on how much precipitation we get for snow, the more snow, the more insulation, uh, the thinner the ice. But if we can get some we get that clear ice, then that sets the stage for a really good season. Uh, February 1st, we're typically ready to go and we're fishing February, March. Um, our governor has ex- extended our ice fishing season into April at times uh, in, in years past. So I've, I've fished the uh, second week of April. Um, so that's that's nice to do that because you're fishing in your hoodie, you know, and you're walking around and we try to make the most of it. We uh, I'm fishing every day because, you know, I don't have the extended season that you folks have out there. 
but we make the best, you know, we do the best we can and we make the most of what we have. You know, we're, uh, for those of you who are listening, we we're breaking up just a little bit there for a, for a second or two, but Richard, you're coming to us from, from out in the woods, right? Uh, you're, you're up there in Maine. You're a, you're a guide, you're a fishing guide. You're, you're living out in the, the woods and, uh, that's all right. We're just going to, we're going to make the best of it here tonight. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your business. What do you do? Okay. Well, um, I had my 10 year anniversary this year, but, uh, what I do is I'm a full-time year round guide. So I'm guiding the only month I really have off is December, which is great because it's family month and spend time with the family and whatnot. Um, so I, you know, uh, end of April, we get our ice out typically. And then we, I start chasing uh, the smelt. We have those little three-inch, they're landlocked smelt. They're a cousin of the ocean smelt. So Maine used to be covered with ocean and uh, deposited um, all kinds of fish in our lakes, in our glacial lakes. So we have four lakes in Maine that have native fish. So we have, we have uh, four lakes that have native landlocked salmon. Um, we also have a lake trout, which you folks are familiar with. We, I love lake. I'm a big lake trout fan. Um, so our glacial lakes support the Arctic char and the, gla- and the uh, lake trout share that real, real cold water. Um, so that's a lot of fun. So April comes, I'm doing the ice out. Um, as I progress, I also target pike with a fly rod. So I do and spin rod, but I like to fly better. Um, and I, they're in the shallows. So I have some wa- down South for me, we have an area called the Belgrades, and uh, the Belgrades, so we have a lot of, in, those waters have a lot of invasive fish, uh, but they're wild because they reproduce in, the, in, the, in those rivers and whatnot, and the pike fishing is, is getting better and better every year, uh, and that's drawing a lot of people to do that. So I guide for that, um, and that we have the Penobscot River here in Maine, which is the second largest river on the eastern seaboard right behind the Connecticut River. Um, I guide about 63 miles of that river Wow! and I use, yeah. So, and, um, so I am a field staff for Yamaha G3 boats and I, so I have a G3 outfitted for fly fishing with pedestals on front and the, uh, the bow and the stern. Um, and then I have a spot lock, uh, trolling motor on that and I just chase everything. I go up waterfalls with that thing. I go up the river. We, I do smallmouth, landlocked salmon. Um, I even do a little trolling. Um, I'm kind of a utility fisherman per se. So, um, 63 miles of that river has, we have a a great, great smallmouth bass fishery. And I love catching smallies on a fly rod on the surface. Uh, that's a lot of fun. Um, it's one of my favorite things to do actually. And then, um, and then going into September, um, I can't forget about the salmon and the brook trout fishing. I don't want to skip that. I mean, that is phenomenal in Maine too. And that's August. So, so June, July, August would be our, our trout season. Um, getting into August, the water temperatures kind of warm up a little bit. So we kind of leave them alone so we don't stress out the fish. Um, I typically, as a guide, I put the fish before the fisherman is my train of thought. Um, I just avoid that if it, the water's conditions aren't, aren't correct. Uh, conditions are, are bad. I, I give people alternative uh, opportunities that – you know, we'll fit the, what the climate is and, and what, it, what the weather's like and all that. Um, so all summer long, we're smallmouth bass fishing. We get into September, the water start cooling again. We get a little more trout fishing and salmon fishing in September. 
Uh, as long as we don't have a drought, we're good with that. Hit the Arctic char. And I actually trolled with lead core line for those down about 50 feet of water. Um, and then back again with the pike. They're back in the shallows right where they were spawning in the spring. Um, and then I go into hunting. So I do turkey hunting. I do everything but black bear. Uh, but I have blinds set up. So I've got, I've got a, the bearing up lines and I use them for turkey hunting, uh, deer hunting. Uh, I do moose. I do a lot of, oh, by the way, I, I also do moose safaris, which we don't shoot the moose, but we're taking pictures. I mix that in with everything else I do because it kind of mixes it up for me. So I'm not doing the same thing, but uh, I get people to see uh, moose in its natural environment and I call them in year round. And that's a lot of, that's a, that's a hoot. It's a lot of fun, literally. And then uh, it's always into uh, our ice fishing season. It's a circle year, you know, every year. And it's just, I, it's living the dream. It's I'm very fortunate and very grateful for what I do. I mean, and I, the people I meet is, is just, that's the really, the best part about it is meeting people, learning their story. Uh, they, you know, they come as a uh, guest and they leave as family. So. Love that philosophy. Yeah, absolutely. Congrats on the 10 years. Um, how did you, how did you get started into guiding and are you native to, to your area there or? Well, I, I got mentored by, I have a, an uncle that lives even north, more north than I do. And, uh, and so I, I was, uh, you know, I, I didn't live here uh, when I was little, but I, I spent so much time up here with my uncle that um, he's a trapper and a fisherman. So I was very, very fortunate to get exposed to a lot of that and, and mentoring. A guide is, when I, you have a, somebody that mentors somebody that's, that's, that's what you need to be a guide. You really need to have that mentoring and that uh, leadership. A, lo a lot of it really is uh, going to be um, a lot of research on your own, and, and you got to find your own niche out there. And, and, and you know, uh, so I've done that. He's, he's proud of me, and it's just it's, it's a great accomplishment. I just, I just I enjoy it. It's my passion. So when you love something, and I told my kids, I said, you know, follow your passion, follow your dreams. Uh, you want to you want to do that because then you'll be successful because you're going to put your heart in. People can tell the difference if you're doing it, if it's just something you're going through the motions or if it's something that you really, really have a strong desire to do. I, I think that that's what makes the difference in life. Uh, you know, just driving a bus, if that's what you like to do or driving a truck. If you like to drive a truck and that's your passion, that's what you should do. So um, do it to the best of your ability. Right. And uh, do it with right. all your heart. And. There's a lot of people who listen to, to Shack Talk and who are, are enthusiasts of the outdoors. And um, they might not be guides. They may not have taken it as a profession. But when they look at their passion for the outdoors, it's a it's a family tradition. It's a family heritage. And it sounds like that that's really what you're um, living out in, in your business and in your life is that family heritage, which is super cool. And and I think a lot of us can relate to that and, and have that connection and and uh, I really like the philosophy you said when they, they come in as clients or customers, they leave as family. And, and I think we can say that a lot about the people we fish with uh, anywhere across the ice belt, right? You, you spend some time, whether it's in the boat or in the hunting blind or out on the ice with that person, and, and you've got those common bonds, and pretty soon you're, you're friends and your family, and, and you've got that connection that'll last forever. And that's, that's awesome. Really, uh, really awesome, Richard. You were you were talking earlier when you were talking about kind of the timing of your ice season there in the Northeast United States, and 
And you mentioned the springs and the glacial lakes. When your ice season really gets going, you said it kind of end of January. What What is that like as far as um, getting out on those lakes with the springs? And, and I know a lot of times that creates a safety hazard. How does that affect how people fish there? Okay, so yeah, it, every year is going to be different. So um, it's always a matter of going out and using a spud, you know, your spud bar, and it's always a matter of of, of being safety number one. But I'll tell you, with with the Eskimo uh, gear, you know, and gives you that degree of confidence. Uh, using that with some common sense in your spud bar as you go out, um, you know. So at end of January, it, depending on how you know what the temperature's been like, you know, we're always checking out. And I'm always, I always do that initially. Uh, we get into February. Typically, you know, we get, we'll get three feet of ice uh, sometimes. Yeah, we can get, we can get some decent ice. Good way. The only thing you got to be careful, you know, is that we have pressure ridges that come up. And sometimes they come up rather high. So um, I, dr- I drive a big track machine. I always got to pay attention to that. So I never try to go over a pressure ridge. Instead of going over it, I kind of go down and around and come back up. And that way there, I'm, I'm not putting anybody at jeopardy. And I do carry, uh, on my machine, I have two nebulas. Uh, you know, what I tell, I, uh, just like a muster station drill uh, with my clients, you know, or family, uh, depending on, uh, you know, I always tell them, if, if this thing goes in there, I want you to grab that yellow handle, and I'm gonna grab that yellow handle, and. And I, I give them the instruction, you know, it's going to open up, you're going to get inside, and, you know. Um, so safety is really important to me. Uh, so that's always something to be mindful of, uh, you know, every year. Um, and that's priority one, so. No, that's really cool. Do you, with your clients that you're guiding, um, is there a pretty big tourist um, attraction for your guide clients? Or is there a lot of locals? Or what's your clientele made up of out there? Well, I I, generally, I get people from all over the world, to be honest, uh, that come to Maine. Uh, I tend to get mostly my clients from uh, Texas, Florida, um, places that don't have any ice. And then I do get locals, too. Um, and so I appeal to the local people here as well. I, I write a monthly uh, article in the Northwood Sporting Journal, um, which is a real the biggest publication we have here in the Northeast. Um, gets a lot of exposure, and I'm always writing about ice fishing in the wintertime and safety and uh, all the new new products that come onto the market that, that enhance the sport. Um, and also just appealing to the beginner as well. So I, to get more people into our, our sport, you can never have enough people. We want to get everybody involved in that and, and, and you know, give them the right mindset and um, get them interested. So I, I like to appeal to people on the beginning level when I do my writing. That's great. Yeah, we've talked a lot about, you know, a lot of influx of new anglers to the sport um, with the pandemic and everything. It seems like that really kicked things off uh, for the beginner that's, you know, maybe getting started out in your area. Are there a lot of resources online? I know you talked about the publication. Um, how about your game and fish? Do they put out a lot of information? I know we use that a lot around here to, to find new bodies of water and information. I'm assuming with all the different species, there's a lot of different regulations to follow. How, how does that, how is that to follow? Yeah. So our, our uh, main INFNW Inland, Inland fisheries and wildlife, um, they do a very good job on putting out emails uh, they have the website. Um, they do. They actually have. Um, they have a good informational source 
a good resource for people that are just beginning. Um, but I've had an extraordinary amount of beginning people that are beginners come and contact me directly. And I welcome that. I'll talk to anybody. I don't care. Uh, you know, they, it's, they don't have to be a, it can be anybody off the street that wants to know anything about ice fishing. And I, I, I put them in the right direction. Um, so there's, cause there's so much to know, and this is something I don't take it for granted. I mean, I grew up ice fishing. Now it's, it's so nice now with all the gear, the latest gear. I mean, it's, I'm, I feel real spoiled to be honest. Uh, now I have, I bring the cooker out and I'm cooking a lunch for people. Uh, I make, I mean, my biggest thing is cheeseburgers. I make cheeseburgers for everybody, hot chocolate, coffee, try, try to avoid the coffee because of the bathroom issue. So I try to stick to the, <laughs> the hot chocolate, uh, and um, the, the, the uh, portable ice jacks, and um, I teach people how to set traps, and uh, and I and that's the whole thing about it is that you know teaching people so they can go up themselves and and do the and replicate what you're doing and have that head start and and that and that shorten that learning curve, um, and it's it, and I I love it. I just love people making people happy and um, you know get them interested into it and 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 see them. Uh, they just like, they don't want to invest in all the equipment. Uh, they don't want the headache, you know, they just want to show up. I tell them, make sure you bring your waterproof boots because it's going to be slushy. And, uh, you know, and then I, I have the, our Mr. Buddy heaters in there and the chairs. And sometimes I even put down uh, the foam mats and I make it nice for people and just give them a good experience. If you make it comfortable, anybody can do this, but if you make it comfortable, that's what really uh, keeps people going and pursue it further. You know, I, I think there's a, a common misconception with, uh, especially maybe some of the younger folks who haven't experienced it, but they feel like, well, I'm a good angler. I'm a good fisherman, so I would be a good guide. But I think the reality and what you're talking about, Richard, is the fact that, you know, to be a good guide, you have to be a good angler, but you also have to be real, really well-versed in hospitality. You have to be an educator, I mean, you kind of have to do it all to be really good because you you wear so many different hats. I think you just nailed it. Yeah, I mean, and you have to enjoy doing that. So you have to enjoy people. Um, so that's and I that's what I enjoy. I love I love have the camaraderie. You know, when you get somebody that comes into your ice shack, I, I like the camaraderie, and it's it's wonderful. It really is. And you know, the customer service, it's a people business. It really is. It's a people business. And that's like most businesses are like that. When you have a hands-on business like ice fishing, you know, and you're, you're instructing, you're teaching, you're sharing your knowledge, but you're also sharing your passion. And that's all those things combined really, really brings it together for people and then supply them with a really good hot meal on the ice. That's what it's all about. And sometimes catching the fish is a small part of the thing of, yeah. of what it's all about. Um, and I'll, I'll be, let's all be honest. I mean, sometimes you go ice fishing, you know, those darn fish are just, it's just the, the, the moon. It's not a full moon. It's not a, it's not a full, it's not a, uh, a new moon. It's in between. And sometimes those fish are stubborn. They don't want to eat all the time. So, you know, you can put your, uh, you know, your, your sonar down there and you can see the fish and you and you can see your lure and they don't want nothing to do with it. You got to anti antagonize them and play around with them. And it's like, a, it's almost becomes like a game. And um, so I've gotten people, I have the FLA, uh, you know, and, and people, you know, we're jigging, I'm showing them. I said, as soon as that fish comes up, you know, start reeling, don't stop reeling, don't stop reeling. And all of a sudden, boom, fish just nails it. It's a lot of, it's just exciting. So little different aspects 
Um, the trap fishing is a lot of fun too, because I said, when you let that line go, that's just like dropping your rod tip in open water, you know? So you're, you're teaching them all these little tricks and all these little things. And then it comes to click, it clicks. The first thing you know, they're doing it themselves. And it's very rewarding for someone like me that's sharing that with them. And then it does click for them. And then they, they smile and then they get it. And it's wonderful. It's a good, good feeling. Are there any specific techniques or, you know, maybe things that you're targeting in your area that are specific to your region or, you know, is it pretty common across the most of the area? Well, um, it's kind of, well, the type of lakes I fish are, are glacial lakes. And I'm a, I, when I'm on an ice fish, I don't target pike and I, 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 cause I, I fish for those other species other times of the year. Um, lake trout, to me is just a great, great ice. They're going to be following that food and they don't, the temperature is good no matter where you go on the lake. And it just makes it so much fun because then you can run and gun for these lake trout. But what we do have this kind of unique in our lakes is um, of course we have the springs we talked about. Uh, we also have these humps. Okay. And then when you, so when you, when you, um, when you see the humps and you mark them, on your GPS and you know, it, it makes it much easier, but you can fish those humps and those are always good uh, areas and you're not wasting a lot of time in a, in, a, in a part of the lake that's empty. So the humps are kind of a, a unique thing uh, that I, I kind of target. If I'm going to fish uh, landlocked salmon, <clears throat> they're, they're, they're much more of a, a, a shallow running, fish so they school the unrated the ice you set you set shallow traps for them uh so it's a little different way sometimes i mix it up sometimes i'll put a couple traps out for salmon a couple for lake trout and uh you know and mix it up a little bit richard i gotta ask you you talked about fish traps a number of times is that something similar to like uh like a what we might call a tip up over here in this part of the world yeah uh, the mainers call it traps got it uh, <laughs> yeah and i uh <laughs> So, and <laughs> yeah, so I have different types of traps. I mean, uh, you know, I've got heritage traps. We have jack traps. We have a lot of local made traps here in Maine um, that are, that are really nice. They're stainless and they're, they're wood with stainless hardware. Uh, but, and uh, you know, uh, but uh, the tip ups is definitely a great way, way uh, to fish. Now in Maine, I fished the Northern zone and the general law, it's very confusing. People come to Maine, they look at our abstracts and they, they're like, geez, you know, I, you need a lawyer to fill, figure this stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's my job security all right there. So, right. um, yeah. Uh, but in Northern zone, so we have North zone, South zone, our North zone is, um, no live bait. Okay. But, we do have some lakes by exception that allow, that allow live bait. And I don't have a problem with live bait as long as the bait is harvested from the source. That's the difference. And that we're not, you know, we're not putting a, uh, I don't want to be putting a, uh, a golden shiner in smelt water. I'm a, I'm an advocate of uh, keeping our native fish native and, and keeping them, keeping the habitat clean uh, from invasive fish. So, I'll talk a little bit about this is uh, I am a board member of, of uh, the Maine native fish coalition uh, that we're the, we're about seven years to our nonprofit and uh, we advocate to preserve, protect and restore native fish in their habitat, that type of fishing in the Northern zone here in Maine. Like I, I already mentioned, we have the, uh, the blueback, which is the Arctic char. 
we have the lake trout, which is native. We've got the landlocked salmon. Um, now, if we don't have, if it's not native, it's typically wild. And which means, just so our viewers know, um, there's the terminology here. Uh, wild fish means it was born in nature, to use the right terminology. And sure. some people you know, mix that up a little bit. So I just want to clarify that for some users that might not be familiar with that. Um, and then, so basically the reason why we want to use bait that is found in that water is so we don't introduce a foreign species in that water. Um, and that can change the whole makeup of that water. You know, when you get other fish in that water, you know, we have, and then some of our native brook trout ponds, they don't allow ice fishing and they don't want them touched in the, in, in the winter. Um, so they only have certain places. So in Maine, you really have to learn your abstracts. If you guys, anybody comes to Maine, you want to look at it. You want to the, target the, the water you're going to target. You want to specifically look at those laws because every body of water is kind of unique in Maine and it's got its own set of rules. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's good to know. You talked a little bit about wild and native. How about stocked? Do you guys have lakes that are stocked with fish? Is there stocking programs in Maine? We, we do. We do have stock fish. Um, the stock fish, um, it's more in the southern zone, but they do stock in the northern zone as well. Um, I'm not an advocate myself personally when they're stocking fish over native fish. Uh, I don't think I, that's not my belief, but um, I take fishing very seriously. I'm very passionate about it. Um, and I just, you know, I'm kind of a, a, a purist when it comes to fishing. Um, and I want to see what we have stay intact for future generations. So that's why I advocate. And, you know, this is what you have in your own backyard. It's very special. It's very unique. And uh, I want to preserve that for future generations. Definitely can appreciate that. Absolutely. Richard, um, so just maybe getting back to a little more of the, the actual fishing in, in that part of the world. How many lines are you allowed? You know, here uh, in North Dakota, we're allowed four in the wintertime. Minnesota, you're allowed two. Um, are there certain allocations per angler? You have a certain number of lines. Is it different with the, the fish traps? And I love that terminology. I absolutely love that. Uh, versus a, a rod and reel line, or is it just all cumulative? No, it's a line is a line, whether it be a trap or it be a, a jig rod, okay? So uh, depending on the water that you're fishing, some will allow two, some will allow five. It all depends on the water. So that's make sure they understand what the rules and regulations are because it will vary from water to water. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty clear on that. Um, but it can be confusing. Uh, there's special regulations as well. Uh, depending on it, it, and I like the way they do it, to be honest. A lot of people don't like it, but the reason why I like it is because it does get to the granular level of management for the water and what's unique about it. And it, and it kind of, um, it, it kind of manages that. And if it was too general, then it really wouldn't serve the purpose. So I like this. I like the fact that we have certain rules for certain things. And, um, so I kind of advocate for what the inland fishery and wildlife does, um, in that regard, I think, you know, they, I think they've done a really good job with their abstracts. It, it may appear convoluted, but it actually is a great tool. Um, so the, the state of Maine also on their website will, um, kind of give a good, uh, ice fishing. Uh, they have a list of places that we can ice fish. So they kind of simplify it for people that are not familiar. So if you went to the website, you can find some resources there that'll help you get familiar with what we have here. 
Uh, Richard, uh, you know, part of what we do at Shack Talk is we have a, a segment we call Ice Advice. And we've got a couple of questions that um, we're just going to kind of roundtable. We want to get your opinion on. And and the okay. first question we've asked every one of our guests this year, and and you're going to definitely bring a whole new perspective on it. And I, I, I can't wait to, to hear what you are going to say, because I don't even know if all of these species are, are fish that are found in Maine. So... We have asked all of our guests, which is harder to catch? And, you know, we've had the discussion just harder to catch in general, harder to catch through the ice. A 30-inch walleye, a 40-inch pike, a 50-inch muskie, or um, or the other ones like a 15-inch uh, crappie and an 11-inch bluegill. So those are all kind of <laughs> trophy caliber fish in your mind, which is the hardest to achieve? Okay. So Maine, we don't, unfortunately we don't have walleye okay. and, I, and I'm jealous because I love, I, I think walleyes are great, but uh, we don't have, we don't have walleye in Maine. Uh, we, we do have muskie in a river, which you really can't fish. So it's not really a targeted. We do have pike, however. Um, and then you, have, you said the bluegill. Yep. So, um, you know, uh, I think, can I just, can I add my own species in there? Yeah, absolutely. We'd absolutely. love that. Okay. So, <laughs> so I'm from Maine, guys, so yeah. bear with me. Yeah. I mean, you guys have great fishing out west. As a matter of fact, I have friends in uh, Minnesota there. Um, but in Maine, uh, you know, like I was telling you before, the lake trout. And anytime you fish for a trout, you know, it, it's just not like a pike that wants to eat all the time. So I'm going to say the easiest fish in Maine to fish, ice fish for, especially with hot dogs. I hear yeah. people use hot dogs for a pike, uh, is the pike. And I would say the hardest fish to catch would be a lake trout. I've had plenty of days where the lake trout just weren't biting. And you're, you've got all the gear out there. You've got all the, you've got the cooker. You're, I mean, you eat good. Yeah. <laughs> If you bring your own food, you eat great. Uh, but, uh, you know, sometimes you have those days. It's just, it's, it's tough. It's a, it's a tough going. Uh, so it's very, they're very finicky. So I'm going to say uh, the hardest would be going to be the lake trout and the easiest would be the pike in the state of Maine. No, I was just going to say, is there a size um, lake trout that you would consider like a trophy or I know a lot of states yeah. have like master angler programs. What would okay. be that like trophy caliber size fish? Okay. So that, you know, um, People look at trophies. I look at them much differently than most people. You're asking. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the lone wolf out there, okay? So I can look at a small six-inch brook trout in a stream as a trophy, right? So, okay, so if you're in a small stream, you know, you're not going to catch a 10-pound trout typically. Yep. They typically, they're adapted to, especially if it's native fish, right? They're going to be adapted to the food source and the amount of water and the, and what, what they the whole thing, right? Um, so I was going to say that, yeah, the, the, the trophy fish for a lake trout, I'm going to say a, some, anything over seven pounds. Um, now, they can get up as high as 20 pounds, Right. Seven to twenty pounds would be a trophy. Now, a lake trout inherently is a, is an old fish that they, they live for a long time. So, um, and these lakes, some of these lakes, the, the fish just they've been there for so long, and they might not get as big. It depends on the lake, and it depends on the forage. Depends on the population of other fish that has a lot of invasive fish in there, and they're competing with food. 
Uh, we've actually had lakes that depleted the, the native food source because, yeah, there were stock. There's when fish gets why the danger of stocking over a, a fish, you you get too many mouths to feed, and we I typically call that an aquarium. Yep. Okay, so we have a couple of lakes that fit that mold in Maine. Uh, one of them being Moosehead Lake, which is the largest lake in Maine. That's 38 miles long and about eight miles across. That lake right there has got every fish under the stars. Uh, it's got, you know, from lake trout, salmon, brook trout. It's got panfish. Um, I don't think it has pike, but I wouldn't doubt it. Um, so that's my dog, by the way. <laughs> no, that's all right. Uh, yeah, that's... I, I, I have a, a little English setter. Come over here, Reba. Come over here and meet these guys. Want to say hi to everybody? She's a little bashful. She's my bird dog. All right. Love it. <laughs> she's a, she's a, uh, but anyways, yeah, um, I'm living out here with my bird dog, and she's, she, we have a lot of, we have a great partridge hunt in the state of Maine as well. And she's talking to me right now. Uh -huh. so. Yeah, no, that's, that's good to hear. All right, so in part of our ice advice, we always – typically try to get a question from one of our listeners or someone that's a fan of the, the Shack Talk podcast. And, and this last week or last episode, we had someone that talked about breaking down a body of water. How do you know where to go, know where to target? I know you kind of mentioned maps and humps out in your area is one of those keys. But to kind of expand on that, we had another question that was, how do you find a new body of water to go to and target? And, you know, wanted to get your take if there's, you know, ever a time where you're finding a new body of water that maybe you haven't fished before, or maybe you heard that there's a bite on a new body of water. How do you go about trying a new body of water um, or even just finding one to, to go out and try? Um, well, first of all, in Maine, you can only uh, fish uh, a, a body of water that's actually listed at, that you can ice fish it. There's a lot of them, like I was telling you before, there are a lot of them are closed just because they have the native species in there. But um, if I was say, if I was, if I had a, a lake that was listed that I could ice fish and I want to, you know, go explore that, <clears throat> um, first thing I do is I always, I always talk to local tackle shop. I love local tackle shops. Um, you know, that's a great resource. I mean, um, even talking to people that are getting their, their bait or whatever, um, that's always a good, that's, that shouldn't be overlooked. And then, um, of course, you know, you have your, um, you know, you got your depth maps. Um, you have your um, topographical maps that shows you what your inlets are, where your outlets are. Okay, so by looking at the contour line, you can tell where it's coming into a lake and where the outlet is. So all these. So looking at a map, just like if I was to go hunting, uh, a map would be a great resource to figure out what a lake is like, and 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 to get the uh, the lay of the land or the lay of the water. Um, and so if you can do that and also get the contour of the bottom, um, that's going to give you a lot of, um, it's going to give you a head start if you do that, that pre-work before you go out there. So, um, I, I, I'm a big believer in talking to locals that are already fishing it. And most people are more than willing to help you out because after all, ice fishermen is, uh, we're, we're, I think we're a great breed of people great sportsmen, uh, people or, or people that really enjoy helping other people out. So I, I encourage anyone that is going to fish a new body of water, go, you know, you see somebody out there, go in there and take hands with them and introduce yourself and uh, ask them, you know, hey, I'm new, I'm new here. Can you help me out? 
I've never really been turned away ever. Um, I think ice fishing people that we rock. Yeah. I think I think it's a great great group of people. Uh, I'm excited to have. I'm excited to be involved in what I'm doing, uh, and it's because there's just a lot of people. It, it attracts, and I think just the outdoors in general attracts really really nice people. I mean, I got people coming over visiting me. You know, bringing me food and whatever. You know, it's just it's nice. Good people and uh, good good well, solid camaraderie when you're when you have those right. common bonds. So. And folks, we're talking to Richard Yvonne, Twin Maple Outdoors from Maine in the Northeast United States. And I love it. I have learned so much about Maine outdoors and, and Maine ice fishing and what a fish trap is. That's I'm going to carry that one forward. I, I love that terminology, and I will definitely be using that one again. Richard, if we have listeners that have tuned in today and, and they've listened to Shack Talk and they've, they've kind of got a... Uh, piqued an interest in what you're talking about and you're part of the world, where can they find you? Where can they find information about your guide business, uh, how to reach out and how to connect with you? Okay. Well, I, I obviously have a cell phone number. Call my cell phone number. I'll talk to anybody. My number is uh, 207-907-9151. I also have a website, uh, twinmapleoutdoors.com. Um, on Facebook, I have a Facebook page. I have an Instagram page. If you're curious to see what, what I do year round, it's all chronological on Instagram. You can scroll right down right into the winter part and see what kind of lake trout we're catching and see and look at all the smiles and smiles are also that part. Um, and that's, uh, that's how you can get a hold of me. And, uh, I welcome anybody just for, if you have a question on anything, you come to Maine, you got a question on even, even a good place to eat, give me a call. I'll, I'll steer you in the right direction. No, that's great. Uh, Richard, really appreciate you uh, joining us on Shack Talk. I know we connected and it was kind of a short notice to get you on, but really glad that yeah. you're able to, to join us for the podcast. Um, Again, just want to thank Eskimo for the opportunity to, to let us talk to these great guests on Shack Talk and really appreciate the listeners of Shack Talk. Um, we've gotten some great questions from them. We keep getting that, so we encourage those to keep coming in. Richard, it was a great talking to you and getting to know you and getting to know a little bit more about Maine. Kyle, until next time, hopefully you can get out on the ice before then, and we'll uh, talk to everybody soon. Until then, get out on the ice and enjoy some ice fishing. 